You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The fun and games start after this. With St. Louis Acura's new buy online feature, picking and purchasing a vehicle from the comfort of your home or office has never been easier. And as we've seen from the latest challenges, having the freedom of your own vehicle makes more sense than ever. With low monthly lease payments on new Acuras and pre-owned inventory starting below $10,000, we offer affordable alternatives all covered by the St. Louis Acura promise that we support and service what we sell. St. Louis Acura is committed to becoming better than ever for you. The weekend just got more entertaining. It's Weekend Joe on Claves Online, driven by Munganast St. Louis Acura. Hear from some of the big names in St. Louis and national sports every weekend. And now, here's Joe Roderick and me, I'm Andy Hanselman. And welcome on into another episode of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, right here on Klabe's Online. I am Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hanselman. Andy, what's going on, my friend? Hello, Joseph. Not much. How are you today? I, you know what? I'm I'm sitting here, and we're recording this on Friday, and damn it, it's bit us twice the past few weeks. I really, really, really think, Andy, we might get baseball this weekend. I, I think we will, too. I was listening to John Mazalak, uh on his Zoom interview yesterday, and uh, it, it really sounds like they're going to play a doubleheader against the White Sox tomorrow. Yeah. Today, today, as you're listening to this on Saturday. God, I hope so. I it, really, uh, really hope so. One of those silly seven-inning doubleheaders? Seven it innings? will be a silly seven-inning doubleheader, yes. Yeah, I don't know about all that. I I, I have I kind of have a big problem with that. Do you? Hey, you know what? Like it's already a crazy enough season. You're you're trying not to overdo the pitchers if you know, if you're if you're playing 14 innings instead of 18 innings in one day and it saves four innings of having to throw a pitcher out there, I'm fine with it. Whatever. I mean, it's just whatever. Okay. If yeah. It's more, then it's whatever. Every everybody's playing by the same rules this year. I know no amazing records are going to be set. If somebody hits 400 this year, you better believe I'm going to credit them as being a 400 hitter, even if it's over 60 games. I just, I mean, the 2020 baseball season just doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. Um, you know, I, I think maybe I'll get excited about it when the postseason comes around. Uh, when I believe eight teams are going to make the postseason. Or no, 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 no. I think it's more than that. I thought it's eight teams per league. So 16 teams are going to make the postseason this year. Correct. Yeah. I, 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 I still I, am not. Yeah, I'm still not entirely sure how it works. Andy, I'm still confused as to how the NBA schedule is working right now. Like, I'm so like the NHL. I thought they did it just fine. Like the NH, the NHL, the Blues played one playoff game or one. Uh, I mean, exhibition game. And then they played their little round robin and then they went at it. The other teams, I don't know if the other team, I assume, because, like, the Blackhawks obviously played the Blues, so obviously the Blackhawks had their exhibition game. Yep. And then they played their little play-in tournament. They did. And now they're against the five seed, and now they're in the playoffs. Like, I understood how that worked. In the NBA, 
the Phoenix Suns are 8-0 inside the bubble, and the Phoenix Suns are done playing. They're done? They didn't make the play. They're, they're still... They're still out of the playoffs, I, I think. This now, is how that, damn confusing it is. That's pretty confusing. It right. So the team that's 8-0 in the bubble would be... Now, did the NBA cancel, you know, end their season like the NHL did? I think... So I think what they did... I think they invited nine teams from the Eastern Conference and 13 teams from the Western Conference. Okay. Because Team 10 in the Eastern Conference was just dog poop. That's, I mean, they were really, I mean, heck, the ninth team, the Washed, the Wizards were, were terrible. So, I mean, that's, you know, it was, it wasn't like they were these, you know, these great teams anyway. But I, I'm, I mean, I'm looking here and I'm very, very confused because the Suns went 8 0. And they are sh- they are shown as the ten seed in the in the playoffs. So I don't know how this works. I don't get it either. It's very confusing. It's it's I, I'm I'm looking here, Andy, and I, there are I I do not think. Yeah, they're they they're playoff. I, I guess they. I don't I don't know. I don't know how it works. Damn well, it. Regardless, they're going to get down to four teams left eventually, and that's when my interest will be peaked in the NBA. Really? Yeah. I feel like this year, more than most recently, it's more wide open. I still feel like in the NBA, in the NHL, a one seed could beat a an eight seed, or an eight seed could beat a one seed. Or I guess in, in terms of this season, a 12 seed could be the one seed. Oh, it's I, possible. I don't disagree at all. I mean, it's it's wide open. I mean, everybody everybody had a five month or a, you know a, basically a four month layoff. And how do you even start to come back from that with any kind of semblance of what you did during the regular season? Right. I, I don't think it's possible. So right. yeah, it's have, it's going to be an absolute crapshoot to see what happens in in both. I think in in all three sports in in baseball, basketball, and hockey. Yeah, and like, for example, I mean, the Blackhawks are already down two games to none to the Golden Knights, and the Flyers are already up one game, nothing on the Canadians. So you're two 12 seeds, or I guess you're eight, the Canadians were an eight seed. And uh, as you look through and you look at all these these high-seeded teams, like there already are some, you know, that are, that have made the postseason, I guess, that are, that you know, that made made it past the first round and are still going, whatever, what have you, in in this. Like, it's still... You know, they, it, things will work their way out. But I think, I feel like with the NBA, you don't get that. In the NBA, I, I'm looking here, and I'll I'll go and I'll say, you know, I, I feel like Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee have a chance in the East. Although TJ Warren and the way he's been playing for the Pacers, it's, it's incredible. Like, he is the MVP of the bubble so far. Where on the other side of things... I mean, Mike, I the the Lakers and Clippers easily one and two as they are with seeding out there. But you're going to tell me that a team with James Harden and Russell Westbrook doesn't have a chance to to win if they can put up a ton of points? And they're they're the they're the five seed in, in the West. I, I think I feel like the NBA finally finally the NBA is a is a bit of an open more open than it has been recently. 
Well, as I look at the standings here for the so I guess this is a continuation of their regular season. Yeah, they 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 won eight in a row. They're nine and one. Talking about back to the Suns, nine and one in their in their last ten. But overall, they're thirty four and thirty nine. So they're in tenth place in the Western Conference. Correct. So they, so they that's how. So I guess they they have just continued their regular season. They they did not they did not stop it. Yeah. I, I, they they added on something just to end the season in their little bubble and play it all the you know all round and it's you know it's one of the crazy things that we've seen due to uh, due to the pandemic and as all sports seem to be shifting is Andy right now as we are recording this yep there should be a a great big convoy heading on up fifty five Interstate fifty five. Of 41 cars and a bus <laughs> filled with St. Louis Cardinals. I wish we were live on the air right now. Why? Because I want to talk to these guys and let them know where to stop. Andy, I have been, I've tweeted about it. I saw that you tweeted about it. I agree with some of your suggestions for the stops. Andy, I tell you what, I mean, okay. I, I'll say it here. If you if you haven't seen the tweet that I laid out, I'll I'll tell you right now. This is me starting from Belleville going up 55. Okay. So if you're starting from if you're starting from somewhere in South County or something, you know, you, you add about 45 minutes onto that drive. All these stops though, still just as good. That's correct. Like maybe maybe you stop at the Love's McDonald's Subway that's in right Hamel. there by Troy and Highland. Uh, that's Hamel. Uh, that's Hamel. That's a Hamill stop. Hamill is the, is the okay. exit there. Yep. But still, I, you, you stop in there. I mean, it, it, again, if you're going from St. Louis, maybe you, maybe you stop there. But again, if you can make it, Andy, if you can make it up to Farmersville, Andy, it's one of the nicest travel centers that I have ever stopped at in my life. I've been to this one. What's it called again? You, it's you... called a Jack Flash. And what, and what do you like about the Jack Flash? I, I just, I mean, you walk in there, Andy, and it has everything. Damn yeah. it, it has ever. I mean, this place, like, I, I mean, it has, it, it has, you could buy souvenirs from there. You can buy t-shirts. You can buy snacks. Any kind of drink. If you can dream up a drink, Andy, they have it there for you. Alcoholic, non-alcoholic, you name it, they have it there for you. A monster and some little Debbie snacks. <laughs> yes. Andy, they got pizza. They got pizza hut pizza. Oh wow! And breadsticks, <sighs> and they got all your other little snacks that you could possibly want. And they have trinkets, Andy. They have trinkets and toys. They got those little metal balls that magnetize themselves to each other, and you buy like ten of them, and they all stick together, Andy. Yeah. And you could just play with that for hours. And this is Jack Flash in Farmersville. In Farmersville, right off, you cannot see it from the highway. You cannot if you're going if you are northbound, you cannot see it from the highway. Southbound, you can see it coming up, and you know to stop there. Northbound, you need to get off at the Farmersville exit to make sure you stop there. It's 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 a tricky one right there. Yeah, because Andy, the point of these stops, I mean, you want to get in and out as fast as possible. That's correct. And you want it to be close to the road. You don't want it to be going through stoplights and and weaving in and out, and maybe going half a mile down the road. And that's fine. Like if you want to go, I, I'll 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 name a Casey's. I'll name a great stop for a Casey's for you in a second. But there's some of these that you have to go a little bit into the town to get to that Casey's. 
And by the way, yeah, don't even mess around with the other ones. Just go to the Casey's, okay? I until mean, until Circle K or Moto Mart or somebody wants to sponsor Klaibs online, just go to the Casey's or Quick Trip, whatever. And the Casey's that you that you uh, that you recommend is the one in Gardner. Yes, but anyway, this one. I mean, that's why I don't say you don't stop in Springfield. Nope. You don't stop in Bloomington. Nope. And and once you get up, so the last one I always say is the Pontiac or the Gardner stop. And once you hit that one, just make your way all the way into the city. You should put enough gas in your car to where you're making it up to the city, and then you're making it back out of the city, too. Because that's the last – I mean, Kankakee is kind of the final stop there along the way. Correct. But that, that Gardner-Casey's, it's right off that. I mean, you exit there. You are right there at that Gardner-Casey's. It's a quick in and out. Now, is it a, is it a special Casey's? Is it, no, is it, no. Better than it is. It is your regular old cases that you will find in any town in all of Illinois. You know, Iggy made a statement on TMA the other day that if you live near a Casey's, you're a Hoosier. Okay, I, I, I've all since I have lived in Southern Illinois, I've always lived near a Casey's. What is near a Casey's? I mean, I live near a Casey's. I, right. I live less. Than, I live less. I live, I live a quarter mile from a Casey's. Andy, I stopped at that Casey's last week when I was riding my bike. It's a good Casey's. Hey, I, I popped in and out real quick. I had to use the restroom. I popped in and out real quick. Tina and Kayla, the, the, the girls that run that Casey's, real nice girls. Didn't even stick around in there long. You know what? I had my mask around my neck. I pulled it up over my face. I went in there. I did my. I did what I needed to do. I got right back on the bike. That was, that was what I did. I might do it again tomorrow. Saturday. Might do it again on Saturday. Well, I'll be around in the morning. I got a 40... 45 mile bike ride planned. And then you also recommend the Taco Bell and Pontiac as a hidden treasure. It, it's just, it's right there. It's real nice to get in and out of. And Andy, anytime you can just hit up that Taco Bell that close to the interstate. And Andy, so I, <laughs> I have Ted Berg on the show from time to time. Ted from Berg USA is. Today. From okay. USA Today. What's he write about? Baseball. He used to be a baseball writer for USA Today. I believe he got laid off during the uh, the pandemic. Now he just kind of covers whatever. But at one point, he was the unofficial CEO of Taco Bell or something along those lines. Unofficial CEO of Taco Bell. I mean, they send him press releases and everything. Andy, I blew his mind when I told him that if you use the app, you can get your cheesy bean and rice burrito grilled. It's, it's so I've also taken your suggestion about using the app to customize your Taco Bell order. Yeah. And it really is a game changer. Usually, usually I try to, I'll add sour cream and onions to something. Okay. But Andy, when I found out that you can grill these things, oh my God. Like I, I, Andy, I cannot eat anything from Taco Bell that's not grilled now. Is the cheesy bean and rice, is that, is that the one on the dollar menu? Yes. 340 calories? Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really good burrito. They just, they, they lay it in that thing and they push the, they, they put the iron, the flat iron down on it and they grill it on both sides and it just adds to the flavor. It, it, there's nothing better than a, than a warmed up tortilla. Right. So you got that there. But then I, I realized, and I had to look it up, the name of it. Andy, when I was coming back down, from there, uh, whatever, a month or two ago. Andy, I, I stopped at a place called Wally's. 
I might have texted you about this when I pat when I got when I stopped there because I was that impressed with it. Andy, it's one of those places that's like forty different um, gas pumps, and then you walk in there and Andy, they have everything for you. I mean, it's like a Loves, it's like a Pilot, but it's called Wally's. Wally's is around Lincoln, right? I I believe this is Pontiac. Oh, is it Pontiac? I believe it's a new one in Pontiac. Yes. See, we used to always stop at the at the McLean truck truck stop. The uh, okay, I can't think of what it's called right now. I think that's a Loves. Is it the one with the Arby's in in the uh, driveway to in the parking lot too? This is, this is an old school one, Joe. Okay. What is? Oh, hang on. Because there's one. There's like a Loves that has an Arby's in the parking lot. Yes. No, this is an old school. Is it really oh, fat it, that we know like all of these like so well? Well, because I've—I mean, I—you've I, made the drive to Chicago way more than I have, but I mean, but I've made it a lot. I mean, I've—I've I've made it at least two dozen times. You've probably done it a couple hundred times. Uh, it's the Dixie, the Dixie Road Stop there in McLean. Okay, is that the one that has the Arby's? No, it has like its own restaurant. It's a Route, okay. it's a Route 66 historical marker. Now, Joe, have you ever done that? Have you, have you ever taken? Gotten off 55 and taken the long way and taken Route 66 up. No, I try to get up there as fast as possible. Oh, that's kind of fun to do because you see all kinds of stuff that, that you wouldn't normally see. There's the bunny ranch around Staunton, uh, which they have actual bunnies and it's kind of a weird place, but uh, they have visitors from all over the world in there. They have a guest book where people have signed that they um, traveling Route 66 from Chicago to Los Angeles is a big thing for English people to do. God, why would you spend your holiday doing that? I, I, because it's part of Americana, Joe. It's valued. 2,500 miles driving. <laughs> then, as you get up a little bit closer to, like, Wagner, and a little kind of, I think it's around Wagner, there's a covered bridge a little bit off the beaten path, and that's a park now, and you can go up there, you take pictures, and you can walk across the covered bridge. And then yeah. there's... Then there's the Aveson Cafe in uh, not is not is it the Aveson Cafe in Litchfield? Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of cool Route 66 stuff. There's also there's a there's a drive-in in Litchfield as well on Route 66. Mm-hmm. But as you get, I'm not real. I've I've only done Route 66 from here to Springfield. I've never done it past Springfield. Yeah, because by that point, I'm also ready to just kind of get back on the road and get moving. Yeah, I gotta say, like it doesn't. Yeah, I'm just trying to get up there as fast as possible. There's some good, uh, some good sights to see. Yeah, I just, I, I, I look forward to making that trip again. But I, I just, I mean, 41 cars. Do they stop at the gas station at the same time? Do they stagger it? Like, so, to, I, I don't mean to ruin your fun. Yeah, because I because I, I also want to imagine that there's just a bus leading 41 cars of Cardinal players up 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 I 55 right now. Right. Mazalek said it was going to be a, a rolling thing that people were just kind of just kind of leave on their own because there were no practices or anything that they had to get to. I no, I, that's I, that's not ruining my fun at all. Like I wasn't. Ex- I just know. I mean, no, it's it, like when you know you have a Legion Ball tournament, and you would say like. Okay, hey, you know, our first game's at this time. You can check into the hotel at this time. See you there. And you yeah, just, ex- just you just, just expect kind of everyone to be there. It's just kind of fun to imagine that an entire caravan of Cardinal players rolling up there all at once, all driving 60 miles an hour. 
What kind? So yeah, we know Yachty drives. I think a pretty nice Mercedes, right? Or a Bentley. Um, he he has a few different cars. What kind of rental car do you get, Yachty or Molina? Here, Yachty. Here's your Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> I think you just tell him. Yeah, I think you just tell. Him, hey, here's the rental car we have. You know what? If they really wanted some nice rental cars, what they should do is go to uh, Munganass Alton Toyota, Andy. Well, yeah, of course they should. Because Jamie, there at Munganats Alton Toyota, he'll rent you a damn car. And it's cheaper per day than what you're getting from an enterprise or a budget or a place like that. Absolutely. And they have these these cars that have been serviced right there at the Alton Toyota, uh, the Munganats Alton Toyota, right there on Homer Adams Parkway in Alton, Illinois. So uh, that's that's what they should have done. And then you're right there, too. You're already in Illinois. It's a little quicker up there, and uh, he would watch your cars for you, too. Like, they would watch all your cars for you right there in the parking lot there at Munganass Alton Toyota so and take you on your way. It's saying wash or watch? They, they would do both. I, I, you know what? I bet if John Mosellac called Jamie Burkhart over there at Munganass Alton Toyota and said, Hey, Jamie, we need 41 cars for the Cardinals. We're going to park our real cars there. I bet Jamie would have those cars washed. I bet he would too. Yeah. All you have to do is call him 618-208-2400. That's 618-208-2400. I don't know about the rental car situation at the Acura store. I would bet though that he would make an exception for the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think that you would. So, I, that's I, what they should have done. I agree. Yeah. Everybody would have had a nice forerunner or a Highlander or a Sequoia to drive up Chicago with. Yeah. That they or really that yeah. it was one person per car. Yep. One person per car. It's it's crazy. I, I would I would love to know where they are changing and getting ready at Wrigley because those locker rooms are so small, just like where abouts they are doing everything. I would imagine they're probably going to the hotel first. I'm talking about changing like into game day stuff. Don't they change? Haven't, haven't they been changing there for years? Right, but it's all close proximity and you're trying to socially oh, oh, distance. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. You can't socially distance in those locker rooms. No, you can't. Not at all. I wonder, I wonder if they have like special like special booths set up in the uh, in the concourse because there's no fans. I don't know. I, I saw don't know what last yeah. game, Joe. Joe, would you go to a rooftop game? I would, but they're too expensive. Those tickets are way too expensive. Yeah, I was mentioning right now since there's since there's no other seats. But yeah, but those seats, there were people sitting on the rooftops watching the game last night. Yeah. No, they have. I mean, it's there. Like it's, but it's. Yeah, it's uh, there's really really expensive tickets. Right. Now, speaking of tickets, Andy, are you going to buy season tickets when they become available to your St. Louis City Soccer Club? I most certainly am, Joe. I really cannot wait to go see a game there and to see the continuing hype over this team for what I, I know it's the next three years. I know we have a long way to go before we get there, but it is going to be a lot of fun when uh, that team does come to uh, play. I, I tell you what, I mean, it's the same when the Battlehawks name was announced and people crapped all over it. By the end of it, I mean, the Battlehawks were number one in merchandise in the XFL, and it was a really fun atmosphere. The St. Louis City F SC is going to be the same way. 
So, Joe, the, 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 battle, cry for the, the battle cry for the Battle Hawks was Kaka. Is the battle cry for St. Louis City going to be some gunshots? Stop it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh, we're trying to have a good thing here. No, I'm just kidding. I love the name. I was a little taken aback by the name. But I love it. And then they came out with a revised logo this morning. Did you see this? Was it with the yellow in it now? Yes, with the yellow in it. And it's well, it, it really pops a little bit more now. Like we had so we had Sir Soccer, Bill McDermott on the uh, on for a live video the other day talking about it. And like he kept mentioning the yellow, and there really wasn't any yellow in there. So I did see the revised yellow logo today. And yeah, it looks nicer. It it does. It pops a little more, and it is it is pretty cool. So there's there's I need to get the hex colors on these, Andy. There's right, you need to get them. They're red, blue, yellow, and then there's another color as well. Yeah. And the and they all mean something. Like right. I think the red is the red is like the official color of the city of St. Louis. Mm -hmm. The blue means the river. The yellow means something else. And then the other color means something else too. They they are all they have to do with the flag, I believe, is what uh, yeah. what McDermott told us. So I need to find the hex colors for the hex codes for these, so I can make it our uh, I can put it in there as far as our uh, for our logos this week. Yeah, for sure. And because I know they posted a picture of all the colors and like describing what they are, what they're called. Right. But I, I need I need to find that, which means I need to be smart enough to figure out how to do this. Are you excited about the name? I don't care. Like I am. It's it. You know what? Like the name will not matter if the team is good. Like you can call it whatever you want. I, I think it's fine. I mean, it's soccer. Like that's the thing that I think people need to realize is that these soccer teams do not have. The same, you know, this isn't like baseball where you go over to soccer, you go like to the Premier League. These teams don't have these nicknames like this. Right. They end up getting nicknames. But at the time, they do not have nicknames. So it's going to be, you know, if it's if, if I know a lot of people wanted them to be called the dogs. Well, OK, well, get together and call them the dogs. There'll be the St. Louis City SC, the dogs. Hey, we're, the dogs are coming to town. Oh, who are you playing? St. Louis City? Yeah, the dogs. That's, that's all it's got to be. I'm on board. I love the name. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's what they need. That's the way to go about it is that way. So I need to figure out how to find hex colors on uh, Photoshop. I'm sure you Andrew. Can I don't know how to do any of this. Who are you kidding? I know the guy who designed the logo, but he doesn't speak to me anymore. That's too bad. Yeah, it's too bad. I think I did figure out how to do this. I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm I'm an idiot when it comes to all this Photoshop stuff <laughs> and all these pick colors, but it's, it's the, the teardrop color, the use your teardrop tool. Or the drop you, you, I love how you're saying this to me as if like it's going like, oh, that's all you have to do. Gee, why didn't I think of that? So you open up the logo, Joe, and then you use the teardrop tool to pick the color you want, and then you see what color it is. 
I, I, I love that you think I'm smart enough to do this. You are smart enough to do this. You have a college well, degree. We'll see how it works. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Okay. All right. Andy, um, yeah, so we have coming up on the show today uh, a really, really good conversation with Rennie Knott. Uh, talk to him for – I could have gone a lot longer with him, but, Andy, I had to record with you. Right. And I just said, Rennie, we're going to we'll we'll pick this up another time. We'll we'll knock this out another day and we'll keep talking. I think we're going to end up having him on a lunch show with Klaibs at some point because it was it was really, really fun to talk to catch up with uh, with Rennie. We cover a variety of topics. We talk college football with Tom Deanhart, uh, formerly of the Big Ten Network uh, based here in St. Louis. So we'll talk with Tom Deanhart about whatever the hell's going on in college football, because that's I need somebody to explain it to me. I need somebody to explain the upcoming college football season as much as I need somebody to explain what's going on in the NBA bubble. And then Andy will talk baseball with Joe Pot from KMOX. So we'll uh, we'll talk about the upcoming Chicago series with uh, with him coming up as well. So very uh, three great interviews coming up your way. We got uh, we got quick crack slippers to wrap things up at the end of the show. So a lot going on here for this weekend's Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura, Munganas Alton Toyota. That's where the Cardinals should have rented their cars from. And we'll be back after this right here on Claves Online. This is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, right here on ClavesOnline.com. Hey, have you thought about uh, buying or selling your home here in St. Louis? Well, Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker, he can help you out in doing so. Been selling and buying homes for well, a few decades now. You can call him at 314-503-4999. That's 314-503-4999. That's Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker. And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com. As we uh, head on out to the guest line and we welcome in from Channel 5 in the mornings, he's our good friend, Rennie Knott. Rennie, what's going on? Uh, not too much. How you doing, man? I'm good. I, I don't know if you were expecting Klaibs to be on here or not. I, I apologize for that. I mean, oh, no. I feel like that's somebody that maybe maybe they think that Rennie, they hear KSDK is coming out to interview them, and they think they're getting you, but instead they get Frank. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with getting Frank. That's all right. Oh, by the way, it's been a while since I've seen you in person. I can't believe the dramatic change I'm looking at. Well, thank you. The, the you most great. Most of the hair is due to quarantine. <laughs> Everything else is was, was really, really hard work. <laughs> so during quarantine, how are you able to not gain weight? You know, because a lot of people just started eating and doing other things and not really exercising. So how have you been able to keep yourself looking like this? Oh, make no mistake. Like, I did that. Like, I ate, like, crap and snacked all the time. Okay. It's just I had nothing else to do besides work for this website. Like, the gym that I work at part-time, that was shut down during all of this. So I made a home gym in my garage, and I was basically working out twice a day. Like, I was wow. going and doing random CrossFit with whatever I could find in my garage <laughs> – and then in the afternoon, I would go run or bike or do something, and it was just working out twice a day while I was just bored out of my mind wow. Wow. doing that. But, wow. I mean, I, I wanted – so next Saturday, 
is one year since I since day one of like I, I set a plan in place and started just hitting everything hard with it. So it was August twenty second of last year is when I started doing it and and going forth with that. But I, I you know I see you on the TV every morning. You've I mean from when I first met you and oh. you you know had had your health issues and yeah. lost all your weight. You've yeah. kept it off quite a bit too. Well, I mean, in, for me personally, you don't have a choice um, because mine is, is truly a health situation. So if I start to gain weight, then it's going to put more pressure on my heart. It's going to put more pressure on my lungs, kidneys, X, Y, and Z. And so for me, it, the motivation is not wanting to get back to that unhealthy state again in my life. Uh, that's what keeps me going. But I, I'm not lifting and things like that anymore. For the most part, all I do is walk. I do a little bit of lifting, but I just don't have. So I go to work. I leave my house around 1.30 in the morning. And then I usually leave here around 1.30 in the afternoon, maybe a little earlier than that. So when I get home, I don't want to do anything really. I just want to kick back with the hounds and watch a little TV. But I'll go get on the treadmill, you know, or I'll go take a walk down back to the road. But it's just a little bit that you do that keeps you feeling healthy. You don't have to do a great deal to do that, unless you want to look like you. <laughs> then you got to put in all the work. I, uh, you, I mean, you have the, the people around you too to, to help. I know your backstory and I, I mean, we always tease you whenever the old pictures pop up of, uh, <laughs> of you back in the day with, with the hair and, and oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's gone. That's gone. <laughs> but I mean, between your brother and I know your wife is big into, into fitness too, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you have the people that surround you in your life to really help you out with that. Yeah. You know, for my entire life, I think since about ninth grade, I was always lifting weights. Started like one of those little gyms in the garage. And then eventually when I got to high school, you're working out at school and then eventually joined a health club, all that stuff. I was in the powerlifting, bodybuilding. But when you're playing football, the strength that I gained from lifting weights really helped me on the football field. So once I stopped playing the game and you're lifting, you start going, well, why am I lifting so hard? I'm not going to tackle anybody. I'm not going to need to run away from somebody. And you just start easing back from it a bit. And when I did that, I eased away from the gym, but I eased into the plates of food. So, you know, I would eat fast food and big burgers and drink a bunch of beer, watching games and everything else. I think the heaviest I got up to was 260 pounds. And now I weigh about roughly 210, 205. I kind of stay in that range uh, from week to week. I'm not trying. I mean, but 260 was your highest? 260 was my highest. Now, what's, what's crazy about it, I saw a picture the other day. I think it was from like 2000. 13, 14, somewhere in there, and I could not believe how much weight that I had up to here. I mean, I knew the waistline had something to it, but my goodness, I go and look like I was just puffy, like I could barely see my eyes. So it feels a lot better to be like this, but it really felt good when I was in my 20s and early 30s, when I was about 225 and I was able to bench press 500 pounds and all that Jeez. type of stuff. Then I felt like a mountain man in those <clears> days. It's funny how how that works and uh, with that because I though the most I've ever been I've yo-yoed so much that mm -hmm. I mean the fact that I have stayed at where I am now and, and in fact improved on it recently is is the probably the best shape I've ever been in I mean mm -hmm. we're going back to college with that but yeah I, I've seen you know I've been up to 290 before but this mm -hmm. most recent time I was from 260 now I'm around 200 and I, I'm around I fluctuate between. 197 205 stuff like yeah. that from day yeah. to day yeah. but i've really started to see and i've never i mean i think i've maybe benched 235 once mm. and it's all like recently the big changes i've seen 
it's just from when I was doing just body weight stuff, just mm -hmm. when I was doing mm -hmm. all that and watching everything cut down yeah. to go from, yeah, you see the heavy lifters and then just to do the body weight stuff and just the, the difference that something like this, just to tone down or just to add the muscle, yeah. how much of a difference that makes yeah. in, in the, the way you look. One of the things that I got caught up in during this whole pandemic was watching the challenges online, the push-ups, the yoga, whatever the challenge was. And as you watched it, you saw people really get hooked in the stuff and they were committed to it, but everything was all body weight. It wasn't like who could out bench press this person or who could out squat that person. It was, okay, but well, let's plank for a minute. Let's plank for three minutes, five minutes, whatever it was. It was, you know, dips and push-ups. And I was, I was impressed. I'm thinking you really can shape your body better and probably more flexible, more flexibility by just using your own body weight and using your own personal resistance. So Hats off to you for what you're doing, man. Yeah, you don't need to be just, you don't need to do t two hours in a gym. I mean, just, you know, 20, 30 minutes if you're just doing something and getting after it. It, it right. does right. do just a world right. of, of wonder. Well, so aside from aside from all the, the workout stuff that, uh -huh. that we're talking about during, uh -huh. during quarantine, <laughs> with your job, with your job doing morning TV, Claves and I have talked about this many times about how you have to get, you know, how you had to get creative and the people that got creative were the ones that stayed employed or the ones that got the better ratings or, or what have you. What, what was something that you did or you had to learn during all of this that to, to up your game? Yeah, I, I, I think it's the focus right now. It's the hard part because for gosh, two and a half, three months, I was the only person in the studio. And so when you're by yourself and everybody's on remote, the energy level has to come from you the entire time. So that was very, very difficult to maintain. And then we went out and we started trying to find inspirational things out there. What's going to pick people up? Because first thing in the morning, the last thing you want to sit there and do is sit and listen to me tell you about how many people are dying from COVID-19 and, you know, stay in your house and the world is coming to an end. You want something to make you want to get up and go outside and face today and we got this, we can do this. So it became a matter of trying to find motivational people out there inspirational stories, people who are trying to make a difference in the community by either one, helping to feed the community, to help inspire the community, just doing things like that. And so I think since March, I do usually two stories a day or two stories a week called My Lou. The amount of people I have met that are doing some amazing things out there for other people blows me away. It blows me away because if, you, if you're on social media, you think that everybody hates everybody and the world's divided. But then if you really dive into it, there are some truly, truly caring people. And I would say the bulk of the people in St. Louis really do care about St. Louis and care about their fellow man. There are those who are on the fringe who could care less about this, that, or the other. But I think for the most part, people want to make this a better place. And so I've been spending most of my time looking for those stories in my way of upping my game in storytelling to kind of give people a better feeling about, yeah, if that person can do that, I could do that too. Or, or I can go out there and make somebody smile as well. When you, uh, when you talk about social media, what has been the biggest change that you've seen with the interactions you have from going from sports to now the news? Okay, when you do sports and you talk about teams and games, everybody's having a good time. They're fun, you know, and they all kind of see things the same way. Like, oh, they lost because of this or they won because of that. Or, yeah, that guy's a great guy. But when you do news and you post news stories, they can be very polarizing. And some of the comments that you get back are all out nasty and mean to the point where you just want to give up. You go, I cannot believe people are that nasty and openly nasty to, towards one another because their name is right there with their picture on it. 
So they don't care if the world knows that they feel this way about you know, politics or about wearing a mask or about Black Lives Matter and things like that. It, it shocks me because there's a lot of these people that I've friended thinking, hey, this is a nice person. They like me. I like them. They say some cool things. But over these last few months, it's like people just started revealing the true them. And it ain't pretty. It's not pretty at all. So for me, when I post on my news um, uh, Facebook page, I'll just post a news story with no comments. And, you know, I'll post a story. I might go, hey, you know, good news for the economy or something like that and let people kind of have at it if they want. On my personal page, now I block people because I just don't need that in my life. I don't, I don't need that in my circle of what I call my friends. I want to talk about good stuff, fun stuff, and enjoy myself. Yeah, you have to have a conscience. Yeah, you do have to take a stand from now, uh, you know, every once in a while, but it doesn't have to get nasty. People sometimes need to stop and listen to one another and also learn some history so you know what you're talking about. What has opened your eyes more? Has it been uh, in regards to COVID-19 or more for Black Lives Matter? Oh, gosh. Well, you also got the presidential race, too. Yep. So that's Which could be tied into both of those two topics, even. Right. Yeah. Well, it brings both in. Yeah. So the Black Lives Matter movement, what upsets me about that the most is not so much the comments, because you know the comments are going to come anytime you're talking black and white. But it's the distraction of the people who are in there trying to be disruptive. The ones that have taken a movement and made it about them and about what they want to do. In other words, they want to loot. They want to riot. They want to smash. They want to, you know, square off against the police and all that. You're not being heard. You're not getting your point across. And so to me, it hurts the movement. It gives it a bad name. And the things that I see posted by people who don't like Black Lives Matter are the ones that are posting about the rioting in Seattle, the rioting in Portland, the removal of the statue, things that really have nothing to do with Black Lives Matter, but people are using the BLM to do their personal business is what I feel is going on there. And then when I look at the COVID-19, the fact that people think it's a hoax blows me away. I think until they have had it or know someone who has had it, they think it's a hoax. And then this whole thing about wearing a mask and it's my freedom not to wear a mask, it irks me because I'm thinking, okay, that's fine. But you know what? It's also that person's freedom not to allow you into their establishment. It's also my freedom to wear a mask if I want to. I'm not going to shame you for not wearing one, but don't try to get in my face because I do wear one. And then at the same time, it says on the sign of the door, no shoes, no shirt, no service. You're okay with that, but to add a mask to the whole thing, oh my goodness, there goes my freedom. It just blows me away, and then you look at the numbers, and the numbers are not slowing down, or they slow down, and then they go way up again. It's like, this is real, people, and the only way we can control it is to control it ourselves. We can't wait for some magic cure to come along. And as a, I mean, with the Black Lives Matter, you're, you know, for a lot of people, you are the first voice they hear, the first face they see every morning so mm -hmm. when you are how do you separate from doing news to commentary being a a, a black man on on the t on the news well number one I, I don't do commentary okay because you can't you can't is that right hard there well you you could do commentary right i i choose not to do commentary simply because i don't want to agitate all of the audience or part of the audience that you know the people i work with are now going to have to fill the brunt of at the same time, though, I got to hold my head up high as a black man in my community. So to those who watch me and look at me and think, hey, one day I want to be where he is, you got to carry yourself in that way. 
I don't want to give anybody a reason to look at me and go, oh, yeah, that's a stereotype. Oh, yeah, he's doing that story because, you know, it happened to a black person. But I do think that there's a lot of stories that have gone untold because there hasn't been representation on this side of the camera to make sure that you hear about this and that you know about this. That's where I feel my role is. My role is to be intelligent, to be concise, to be clear, and to be something that someone who looks like me will be proud of. To say, you know what, he's doing it the right way. We need more people like him. At the same time though, I need to be strong in my own personal convictions. So if I do get into a conversation with somebody, I know what I'm talking about. Um, for instance, today, there was this post on Facebook that one of my Facebook friends put up that old, the old Yeller statue in uh, Mason, Texas, or I think that's where it was, Madison, Texas, Texas, was gonna be taken down because it was racist. And I went, that's, that's odd, that's odd. So I Google it and I get the library site where the statue sits and it says, that's a hoax, we have never discussed it, da, 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 da. And I reposted it. And I said, all you have to do when you see crazy stuff like this is just do a little research. Check your history and know what you're talking about so you don't look like this, this person that's just blaring, 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 and people might slow down and pay attention to what you're saying. I've, I've done the same thing too. And I mean, it speaks to where we are as, as a world right now because the people will respond like, oh, well, you know what? That website might not be telling the truth. And you're like, no, that, that website is 100% to let you know <laughs> about it. And then it's, oh, well, you know, you never know. No, we do know. Like we, right. we and it's, even when you tell people the truth, they still don't want to believe it because no. once they're locked into what they've seen, if it fits their agenda, they are just so, I mean, yeah. it, it really is, yeah. it, you know, it's, well, it, oh. There's a term that they use now, it's called echo chamber. And that is what social media has become because you only follow people like yourself. In other words, people with your beliefs, people with your backgrounds. Now people have also spent more time at home. So they're in front of the computer more. And they're Googling and they're looking and they're finding things that sort of back up their beliefs. So when they hear CNN or Nightly News or Fox News or MSNBC say something that they don't agree with, they automatically believe it's false and it's not true. And so we actually try to do our best to debunk some of this stuff, to make sure people understand, hey, here's the real deal. Yet while you're saying, here's the real deal, they still don't want to believe it because it's coming from you. It has to come from one of their sources, from one of the people that they follow. They're like, oh, okay, I get it. Were you supposed to go to the Olympics this year? Don't bring it up. <laughs> hey, if, if you want to sit here and, and trade things that we lost because of that, I'll be happy to do that. I tell you, man. Stuff with you. I, I tell you, I, it, was, it was funny because when I first was told, yeah, you're going to be you know, going with our team to go to the Olympics, I was like, okay, great. Because I, I was in Japan back in 1985 to play a football game. And so now I'm going, wow, 35 years later, I get to return. I can't wait to see how this country has changed. At the same time, I love the Summer Olympics. I think the Olympics are the greatest sports on earth because it's man versus man, woman versus woman, and it's just their bodies. Let's go for it and go. And you compete honestly. So I was looking forward to track and field. I'm looking forward to our, our local athletes going through the trials and hopefully making the team. I had in my head what type of assignments I was going to be doing because I think the time difference is like 15 hours or something like that. So it's sort of an upside down day. 
And then COVID comes, and we're still saying, oh, it's still going to have the games without the games. And then when they finally canceled the game, I honestly just went, whoof, I have nothing to look forward to. That was yeah. it. There was nothing to look forward to. <laughs> you know, I couldn't even stay at home and watch. You you did – so you did Russia in 2016. No. No, I didn't go – no, uh, I didn't go to Russia. It would have been – 16 was Rio. 14. You were in 14. Yeah. That's right. Because we were working together yeah. on the radio when yeah. you – when you went, I believe. Right. So, no, I didn't get to go to Russia. So here's what happened. That was the year that they diagnosed me with the uh, blood clots in my lungs. Okay. It was at the end of 2013, right after the World Series against the Boston Red Sox. So 14, yeah. Yeah. And, and so they, I was cleared by the doctor, but our, our my wife and our station uh, news director at the time said, not a good idea because it's in this desolated place, isolated place, better in um, – Russia, we don't know what the medical conditions are. You've got to fly 15 hours, not good for you. I go, okay, you got a point. So this time when I went, I went to uh, South Korea uh, last, uh, 18, I'm sorry. In 18, went to South Korea. A little scary because I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to be in the air for 16 hours. I got to make sure I get up and move around and all these things so I don't get uh, anything to come back. But it was, it was a blast to be there. I'd never been to a winter games before. So the watch... You know, the women win the gold medal over Canada in hockey to watch the skiing, to watch the snowboarding, the ice skating, you name it. It was all new and refreshing for me because they were not sports that I followed outside of hockey. And I was learning every single day and, and really admiring the athletic ability of people that, you know, I'm like, you know, they're really an athlete. It's kind of like an activity. No, these people are serious athletes. It busted their butts to do what they do. When you first went, I mean, I, I still have a bucket list of stuff that I'm wanting to do or cover. I, I got to imagine that first one you went to, like that had to be, you know, you finally get oh to go cover gosh. an Olympic like that. Oh my gosh. So, you know, that, that was 2004. So I had just come to St. Louis. I'd gotten to St. Louis in January and, and 2004 was the 100th anniversary of the 1904 games being here in St. Louis. So that entire year was an Olympic celebration leading up to the games in Athens. So I fly, you know, I'm going to Athens and I fly from here to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Athens. And I get on the media bus and I go and I'm like, oh my gosh, no, there's all these ruins and everything else. And then you go to the competitions and it's like next level. I was, I was um, walking over to the station where we would do our live shots and the walkers were going by in the walking rings <laughs> and they were moving faster than I could sprint. <laughs> That's incredible. And then in 2012, I go to London for the summer games. And I'm watching Usain Bolt run the 100 meters. I'm watching him run the 200 meters. I'm watching the four by uh, 100. I mean, all the sports that I love. Watching Don Harper Nelson from East St. Louis run the hurdles. I just, I was watching man at his best. And I was just, I was just in awe that they could fly like the way they could fly. And, you know, I, I look back at it now and I think that was one of the greatest sporting events I ever got to witness in person. I've done Super Bowls, World Series, NCAA championships, uh, all-star games. I even went to the Pro Bowl in Hawaii back in the late 90s to cover some of the Redskins players that had gone to the game. But to be a part of that, where it's world against world, where for that one moment of time, you are indeed the greatest person at your sport on the planet, was incredible. That's, you know, I, God. just incredible. 
that has to be, I mean, that up there, whenever LA gets it, like I'm hoping that's what I keep telling myself, you know what, just hang out in the business, just hang right. around the business right. until then. And somehow, you know, now that I'm working for Klaibs, I mean, Klaibs will get me in there into the Olympics. <laughs> he, he knows people. He'll get me. He knows, he'll, he knows people who knows people. Definitely. Right. Definitely. <laughs> but it's definitely like, I've still never been to a world series game. And I mm-hmm. think the world series game and the Olympics are like the two things that I have, because I used to yeah. say, for me, at first, one of the used to be a WrestleMania. Like, hey, stay in the oh, yeah. long enough to go to WrestleMania. I got yeah. to do that a few years ago. Then it's all this other stuff that I've gotten to do. And now it's like, okay, Olympics, World Series. Like, yeah. Olympics, I, I just have to wait for L.A. World Series is one of those where, you know what, that's in the hands of the Cardinals. Right. I, I would love to go to the X Games because they're doing things next level. And each time they do something, it's usually done for the first time. Like no one has been able to do a move on a skateboard or whatever they're doing. And you get to see it right there in person. And now what they're doing with the motorcycles and things like that is incredible. I mean, it's just wild. But, you know, I want to go back to 2012. And I was thinking about a moment as you were talking about seeing things. So 2012, the finals of the 100 meters with Usain Bolt. The Olympic Stadium's got 80,000 plus people in it, jam-packed. So we go, I mean, all the media went. We went just to see the race. We weren't covering it. So I ended up on the concourse, and they're like 10 people deep on the concourse to watch this. Bolt comes out. He does his thing. Everybody's going nuts, right? And then everybody goes, shh. The entire 80,000-plus people go, shh. Dead silent. On your mark. Bam. That gun went off, and everybody just was screaming loud, loud, loud. The race was like this. On your mark. Boom. Okay, that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) it was over so fast but i was there to witness it now when he went around the track that lasted forever and i got to go down into the um the lock i guess about the locker room the press area to be a part of the interview process with him and i tell you the guy has so much charisma put on a show always smiling that you just appreciated what you were watching because you knew you were watching history but watching history with a guy that seemed to be a pretty cool person and that's like, I mean, that, you know, that's after covering Albert Pujols for mm-hmm. 10 years in St. Louis mm-hmm. to then go next level with like a Michael Phelps or Usain Bolt and yeah. realize how important they are at a national level. Like we yeah. got to see one of the greatest baseball players of all time that all time. here in St. Louis in the U.S. everyone knows. But then you're talking, I mean, Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt, like worldwide, they walk in, they walk into, you know, a restaurant, everybody knows who they are. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I got to meet a lot of people over the course of time. You know, I met Muhammad Ali a couple of times. Um, you know, we used to go interview Sugar Ray Leonard. I mean, I, when I sit down and really think about all the things I've done, it does blow you away. But the day-to-day of watching Albert Pujols in his prime at Bush Stadium was unlike anything. Because every time he put a bat in his hand, he walked to the plate. You had to stop. You had to watch that at bat. And then you would move on to whatever else you had to do because you knew at any moment he could knock it out of the house and drive everybody crazy. I did have the opportunity to come here many, many years ago to cover Sosa and McGuire that weekend that he broke the record. And that's where TV was back in the 90s was that when something big was going on, they put you on the plane and you went and you covered it. Because I was working in Washington, D.C. We didn't have a baseball team. So I didn't really cover baseball. You know, it was all about football and basketball and hockey. So I came here, I remember the old Bush Stadium, and getting blown away by the amount of people who were at the stadium with no ticket. They were just there to be a part of the atmosphere of what was happening inside Bush Stadium. 
Now, we happen to be here for the three home runs that weekend that got him the record. And just talking about it right now gives me chills because we were way up top. Remember where the flags were yep. up top? So we were way up top shooting the camera that I was shooting camera, had a cameraman with me shooting down. You know, McGuire was about this big. And that ball goes out and it happens. And everybody's standing up in front of us and they're hugging. And I don't even know they were together. I'm looking at grown men with tears in their eyes that they were witnessing this history. And I was like, man, this is pretty cool. Lo and behold, I come here in 2004. I mean, who knew this was going to be destiny at that point in my life? So I, I do a little thing about Cardinal Nation way back in the day. <laughs> and, and you know what? We're not going to get memories like that if people don't wear their damn masks um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we can go back into sporting events yeah, at some points. I was at home yesterday <laughs> when I got off work and – flipping around and I noticed that we had hockey, baseball and basketball all on in the middle of the day live on a Thursday afternoon. I heard that's the world we're in right now. You got to get it in when you can get it in because you don't know how long it's going to last. Um, I don't know what they're going to do in football. I was watching hard knocks the other day and it's the Rams and the Chargers and to see the setup that they have for these teams to practice amazes me i don't know how a program can afford to do that that doesn't have hundreds of millions of dollars and the rams basically built this gigantic tent so that they could have their meetings outdoors no matter what the weather was so they can lift weights outdoors they're basically not indoors very much uh, they do their locker room indoors but even the locker room is spaced out um, the chargers they're, everybody's going around measuring how far away the desk are how many guys could be in a room for a meeting? So I don't know when they start tackling and all that stuff, how someone's not going to come down with COVID-19 because they're not staying in a bubble. They're going home. They're going out to dinner. They're doing their normal life. Yeah, no, it's uh, you, you, you know, that's, that's what they probably should have done. I mean, there's, you know, football fields in Texas where you probably could have had a bubble of some sort. And yeah. I mean, we're sitting here middle of August right now. It's too late. It's, it's too late to set something like that up. And right. Fingers crossed. Hey, it's you know what? It's working for twenty nine other baseball teams at the moment that they're yeah. they're able to travel, and it just so happens that here in St. Louis they haven't played in sixteen days. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing about it is, you know, money talks, and so the reason why they want their separate stadiums and they want, you know, to be all over the place is that each team's going to get paid a certain amount of money from TV revenues and all that, which I would imagine they'll make a lot of money TV revenue wise if they're able to play because the commercials will be through the roof. It'll be one of the few things that you know people are going to watch that you can advertise on and get the eyeballs of millions of people to, to see your products. Um, so, and I think there, it's like Jerry Jones was saying, he's going to have uh, fans in his stadiums. And there's other teams that are going to have fans in their stadiums. They talk, talk about how important it is. I go, yeah, but that exposure level, if these people follow the rules, I get it, but you, you really can't count on that. And hopefully you've got the great ventilation systems and all that to keep your people safe and to keep everybody in there safe. So, We'll see what happens. I, I'm looking forward to seeing football. Um, I look forward to a Sunday afternoon, and hopefully there is some college football we have the Saturday afternoon. But at this point, as we sit here today, I, I don't know how they can safely do it. I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see it either. Hopefully they can prove both of us uh, wrong with, uh, <laughs> with that. Rennie, I, uh, I, I think we could have gone another half an hour if, yeah. uh, if we had the time. I really, really appreciated, uh, appreciate you giving me this time. And Thank you. 
we are going to have to uh, to do it again. I'll okay. invite Klaibs uh, along next time too, and we'll. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, we're trying to do more and more live video stuff, yeah. as uh, as you've seen on the uh, on Facebook and Twitter, and mm-hmm. I think that's something that we're we're trying to make uh, make happen a lot more, and we'll uh, we'll we'll get you involved in one of those here right. soon. You, you know where to find me. Absolutely, Rennie. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it, Rennie. You got it. Thank you. That's Rennie Knott from uh, Channel 5. He's your morning news anchor on This is St. Louis each and every morning. And a uh, good chance. Just It was really nice just to catch up with him. It had been really quite some time since he and I have talked and he mentioned it. I can't remember the last time that Rennie and I actually saw each other face to face. So doing that over video was uh, was really, really nice to catch up with him and I probably could have gone another half an hour talking with him. We'll have to get him on again soon and get him on again with Klaibs, something with, uh, with Rennie over these, uh, at some point with, uh, with him. That was really, really fun. Hey, this is weekend Joe driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura and also sponsored by the Inskip law firm. Don't hesitate to call the Inskip law firm in St. Louis for all of your estate planning, your wills, your trusts, your power of attorneys, your workers' comp, your traffic, criminal matters, your probate, anything that you might need, the Inskip Law Firm, Corey Inskip at the Inskip Law Firm. He is there to help, and he is committed to your satisfaction. You can give him a call today, email him, find him on Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Reach out to Corey Inskip at the Inskip Law Firm. That's I-N-S-K-I-P. I-N-S-K-I-P. Inskip Law Firm is where you can find my guy, Corey Inskip, a uh, sponsor here of Weekend Joe. We uh, take a break and we come back. I we try to we try to figure out the whole college football mess and figure out what's what the heck's going on in college football with Tom Deanhart, St. Louis's own Tom Deanhart of goldenblack.com, part of the Rivals Network. We'll talk with him coming up next right here on Weekend Joe driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura. You're listening to Weekend Joe now on ClavesOnline.com, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, also sponsored by the Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville, sponsor of, uh, well, my many shows on many different platforms for about 10 years now. Collinsville Auto Body, they'll work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. That's 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville, Collinsville Auto Body. And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com. I, I said it in the opening, I have no idea what to expect out of the college football season this year, so I needed to bring in somebody. I needed to bring in somebody to, uh, to help explain it to me. And I went with uh, St. Louis's own covering Purdue football now for goldenblack.com, part of the Rivals Network. We welcome onto the show Tom Deanhart. Tom, what's going on, man? Not much, Joe. Yeah, crazy times for a lot of us on a lot of different levels. Of course, Joe, we're uh, always worried about what's going on in the sports world, selfishly. And, and uh, yeah, you know, the bubble situations for hockey and for, for basketball seem to be working out. Baseball's had some bumps in the road. College football. A whole another dynamic, and we're seeing that play out before our very eyes, just within these Power Five ranks, Joe. Yeah, three have already opted out. Three are three are still planning to play, so we'll see what happens. 
And, and I know you're you're a St. Louis guy. I know you're a Cardinal fan. So it's you know we're you're having to sit there waiting patiently for Cardinal baseball to come back on too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been crazy. I think they played five games so yes. far going in this weekend, and um, haven't played for a couple of weeks now. So they're going to be up against it. So uh, yeah, like I said, baseball not being in the bubble that's the, that's had its own series of problems, hasn't it? It God, yeah. So I will get into what Purdue, what Jeff Brom has proposed in a second. But first, just overall, out of the Power Five conferences, break down for me what came out this week from those five conferences. Well, on Tuesday, uh, that's when news came that the Big Ten, and then about an hour later, the Pac-12 opted to postpone their 2020 seasons. Um, Kicking the can down the road, so to speak, Joe. Um, you know, the university presidents ultimately made this decision. Um, obviously, they consulted a lot of medical experts. They didn't like what they were hearing uh, from a health and safety standpoint for the players. And, of course, there's always a liability issue, too. So uh, the Big Ten, Pac-12 have postponed. They both hope to play in the spring. And as far as the other three Power Five conferences, the Big 12, ACC, the SEC, for them, it's still full bore ahead. They're going to try to play. We'll see if they make it, Joe. Depends on who you ask if that even happens. But again, as we stand right now, three still are trying, playing to play, and two have already opted out with their hopes of playing in the spring. I guess when you talk about how much, and a lot of this too, I mean, these schools do have a lot to lose, especially with having to cancel all of their spring sports back early on in 2020 and now looking ahead at possibly postponing or canceling fall sports. The, the universities have a lot of money to lose. Or is it safe to say that the SEC is probably playing no matter what? I don't know. Um, you think they'd be the final domino to drop. Um, we all know the importance of football in, in the Southeast. You know, plenty of Missouri fans watching this, part of that conference that loves its football. And should they shut the door on the 2020 season, Probably going to be Armageddon throughout the Southeast, right, from Florida to Mississippi to Kentucky. They're going to go crazy without their college football. I don't know. Like I said, uh, more, we're trying to get our hands on this virus more and more each day. You hear different stories. The bottom line, Joe, is nobody really knows long-term health effects of this virus. Uh, there's stories coming out now about issues for young people potentially down the road for their heart, pulmonary issues. It's scary stuff. Again, we don't know. And do you really want to take that risk? I understand, like you said, Joe, there's millions of dollars on the line for these schools if they don't play football. You know, and again, you, you, know, you shudder at the cuts that are going to have to be made. But again, can you really afford to wade into that unknown just to fill your pockets with money, Joe, with the opportunity, the chance of maybe somebody actually losing their life? And again, not knowing long-term impacts of getting infected with COVID-19 and what that could mean on your, your organs and whatnot. You know, we've seen we've seen some NFL teams coming out with their plans and and how they would travel and we know that these NFL teams are worth billions of dollars. We've seen it in baseball where the teams are flying, they're traveling, and and again, you know, one billion, two billion dollar football or baseball teams. When it comes to football, and these are big rosters. I mean, these are rosters of of a hundred guys plus staff. How I mean, have you heard of plans on how they will safely travel? You know, I have not. I'm sure they'll still have their chartered flights if we really get to that point where they're playing games and have to travel. Uh, again, not, not all these trips can be made via bus when you're talking about just the Southeastern Conference alone. 
So again, I'm sure there'll be all types of precautions there with charter flights and you know buses that have been sterilized and hotels that are reserved just for maybe for football teams in various college towns. So you're right, there's just so many moving parts to a football team and a football program as far as the number of personnel involved. Then, then you're talking about playing football, the contact involved. You gotta practice football to play football. And again, uh, we're seeing teams in the Big Ten, we saw, Joe, teams that had to pause their practices because of infection outbreaks. And talking to Jeff Brom yesterday about con contact tracing was the big issue for him. Guys cannot even have the virus, but they can be knocked out for weeks because of contact tracing. If you don't have 20 or 30 guys for a week or so, Joe, it's hard to practice football and get better. So on and on it goes, the hurdles have to be cleared. And Joe, what's gonna happen in a week or two when all these college campuses are flooded with 30 and 40,000 kids? I mean, the, the chance for infection skyrockets at that point too. So I don't envy these coaches, these schools trying to pull this off because there's a lot of moving parts. Let's talk about Jeff Brom. He he reached out to the media with a plan on how to go about the 2020 season, or I guess now the 2021 spring season, into a 2021 fall season. Uh, the first, so it's is it 10 games in the spring and then 10 games again in the fall? Is that what he proposed? He has eight games in the spring and okay. 10 in the fall of 2021. Very, very detailed plan, nine pages long, um, well thought out, practice plans, you know, schedule plans. He even had the average temperature in Big Ten cities in, you know, in February and March. So, again, he's, he was very mindful of player health and safety. Football is a violent sport, and you don't have too many padded practices with collisions. So, again, a very detailed practice plan there all the way through the 2021 calendar year. Um, but again, uh, and it may be pie in the sky, but I'll tell you what, Joe, you give Brom credit for being a man of action. And uh, he put the plan together, and it's been well-received by people. He said yesterday that the Big Ten already is formulating its own plan. But again, Jeff Brom, he at least provided some type of a template or some talking points. And you know what, Joe, more than anything, I think what Jeff Brown provided with that plan was hope. And without hope in life, we're all doomed, right? And, 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 and there's hope that, hey, you know what? Maybe this spring football is a real possibility. Fans need that hope, Joe, and players need that hope too because, you know, there's some thought if the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC are playing, maybe some players from the Big 10 and the Pac-12 may transfer, look for opportunities to play in those leagues this fall. Yeah, the uh, – and. To get to put a plan like that out there, you you're familiar with the Big Ten. You've covered the Big Ten for for several years. What would the I guess how would that work? What would the next steps be from going from the hands of a head coach? How does that facilitate its way through the Big Ten to possibly some form of that becoming a reality? I'm, I'm, I don't think they're going to totally adopt his plan verbatim, right. but they may they may you know certainly consult it and take parts of it. Like I said, there, there's, there, we're told there's something in the works now in Chicago. Uh, they want to come out with a plan pretty soon too, Joe, because like I said, they want to keep hope alive. So I, I would suspect we could see a plan from the conference, an official plan here, uh, maybe the next week or so. And uh, I'm sure before it gets you know, finalized and publicized, 
all the league coaches are going to have the chance to look at it, maybe massage it. ADs are going to look at it. Presidents are going to look at it. So I'm sure somebody's putting it together, and it's going to get approved by a lot of people from Lincoln, Nebraska, to New Brunswick, New Jersey. And, uh, again, I, I would suspect it could look pretty similar maybe to what Jeff had, has, has already planned to put together. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see, Joe, again, what it looks like, and, again, more importantly, if it happens. But let, let me just back up real quick, too, and say this. None of this matters, right, if the virus isn't under any better control in January than it is right now, correct? Right. You, you mentioned Lincoln, Nebraska. Let's talk about the Cornhuskers. They, they've said they're playing football in the fall. They don't care. They, they, they seem like they are dead set. They're going to go find a conference. They have footballs they want to play. What, do you see that actually happening? Do you see Nebraska leaving the Big Ten just to go play football this fall? No, it's not going to happen. And uh, the chancellor for Nebraska came out just yesterday and said, you know, he backed off what Scott Frost was saying. You know, Nebraska was sort of acting like a spoiled child that wasn't going to get its way. I understand the disappointment. We're all disappointed that there's not football. And the reaction from, from, the, from the head coach and some others there in Lincoln wasn't, wasn't the best as far as being a unified family, right? Um, but again, the Nebraska president, Chancellor's come out and said, hey, it's not going to happen. We're happy here. We're not going to seek out football games in light of us not playing. So again, that fire is out. But I tell you what, Joe, it shows you there's some division within the Big Ten family. Relationships have been damaged. And again, the commissioner's got a lot of work to do to mend fences here with a lot of the schools. It's uh, it's crazy to think that we're going to come, and I, I guess it's going to be Labor Day weekend, and we're not going to have college football at least this year. I mean, they're, so I mean, as it looks right now, earliest start time is what around September twenty sixth, I think. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the ACC's plan is for September twelfth, while the other two leagues, the Big Twelve and the SEC, were shooting for September twenty sixth. So yeah, if it does continue to march forward here. Um, again, September 12th, that weekend, to be the first major college football. Joe, there's still some smaller group of five leagues that plan to play. So there could be some dribs and drabs of games before September 12th. But again, that September 12th weekend is the first time you would see big-time Power 5 football. Man, have you have, – have you, I mean, I know we were talking if the virus doesn't get contained, we don't, you know, have any of this – have you wrapped your head around what it's going to be like covering football this fall yet? Hope I still get paid. <laughs> uh, you're right. it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, I don't know. You, you, you see people pose that question on Twitter. What am I going to do with my weekend? How many pumpkin patches can I visit? I don't want to rake the leaves every Saturday. So yeah, um, it, it's going to be unlike any fall, any event, anyone on the planet earth has ever experienced without football. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, it's, it's a luxury problem for a lot of people not to have that entertainment. For, for, for a lot of other people, it's their job, it's their livelihood. And I talked about the universities at Missouri, Joe, they've already had some layoffs. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see budgets slashed. Uh, football's not played. And uh, it's, it's crazy. And like I said, just think about a town like Columbia, Missouri, or Lincoln, Nebraska, or Champaign, Illinois, without those football weekends, what that's going to do to the hotels and the restaurants. In those small economies that, that really depend on those fall Saturdays to help fuel their coffers. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Hopefully, uh, hopefully in a month from now, we have college football to talk about one way or another, and hopefully they figure out a way to safely play the game. 
this uh, this upcoming season, Tom. I, I appreciate you jumping on with us and uh, and giving us some time today. I appreciate having you, Joe. Take care, buddy, and hang in there. There he goes, Tom Deanhart of goldandblack.com, a part of the Rivals Network covering Purdue football. Uh, co- used to cover the entire Big Ten, and just it, it, nice to have somebody kind of sort out the uh, the mess of the uh, of of all of college football right now. It is an absolute mess. Hey, if you find yourself in a uh, mess, an auto mess, whether that be from a uh, from an accident or or anything else, hey, the folks at Collinsville Auto Body, maybe a weather related mess. The folks at Collinsville Auto Body, they can help you out. They can get you back on the road fast, and they work with most insurance providers to help you do so. Nine one one North Bluff Road in Collinsville is where Collinsville Auto Body is. You, you talk to Stephanie, and she will uh, she'll she'll get you in there, and she'll get that work done right away and get you back on the road fast. That's Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville, another great sponsor here of Weekend Joe. Take a break, come back with Joe Pot from Camel X talking Cardinal baseball right here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, here on Claves Online. Recent events have shown that life can turn in an instant. This has caused many people to realize that estate planning is essential. The Inskip Law Firm is here to help with everything from trusts and wills to power of attorney, deeds, and probate. They have systems in place to service your needs without having to have an in-person consultation, flat fees so that you know what you're paying ahead of time, and they make the whole process easy. Call now, 314-818-0344. Just a quick chat and you decide together what services are right for your situation. That's the Inskip Law Firm, I-N-S-K-I-P. And remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertising. And welcome back in to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com as we, uh, we hope to have baseball. Uh, again this weekend so hopefully we are talking to a man who is covering baseball this weekend he's Mike Claiborne's co-worker over at KMOX he's the uh, host of the pregame postgame show he's Joe Pot and he joins us now Joe what's going on man you are exactly right though we are hoping that there is uh, some work to be done on, a, on Saturday and Sunday this weekend I mean, it's the last two weekends. It just it comes out of nowhere on Friday. We're we're sitting here, we're waiting, and then all of a sudden, it's always a national guy too that that tweets out games postponed. It it just sucks, <laughs> you know. And and it's interesting because during this past week, it was really quiet from the Cardinals. Like we, we didn't hear from John Mozalak or Mike Schilt or anybody. And and you know, up until that point. Even the, the two weeks before, we were hearing um, from them and getting updates, and they said, we're just going to break away. Everybody's going to go to homes and, and isolate. And I think, honestly, that's probably the best thing that, that could have happened is, is everybody got really got away. Yeah, and then the hope is that all the players did what they were supposed to do and and got away, and that brings us to a Friday morning. Well, Thursday night was when Mo made the announcement about the 41 rental cars. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Tyler O'Neill on Instagram. 
take a picture of the Cardinal parking lot and it's just rows and rows of cars. And now we get this image of these professional major league baseball players traveling to games like, like we did back in, you know, high school summer leagues. Zipping around one another on, on 55, <laughs> just passing one another, trying to not wanting to be the, the, the one left behind. Right. Well, I guess it's a good thing. You know, they only have one person per car because I, I don't know if you had idiot friends like I did, but you know, when you get two, three guys in a car, then somebody wants to moon somebody and that's not going to happen with one in a car, right? Exactly. That, that's exactly right. I think that's probably precisely what they were thinking is let's, uh, let's, let's <laughs> reduce any possibility of any of that kind of stuff going on. God, I, could you imagine if that was actually a conversation had by Mo? <laughs> like, we have two people in the car. Nope, you don't want to moon in each other. <laughs> oh, come on. Just I, I just want to ride with Tyler. <laughs> I, I, have, I, I tweeted out. I, I, have, I mean, you traveling and doing the stuff you, you have for SIUE, I mean, you've traveled those roads. You know all of the, the 55 rest stops, right, and where the good places to stop are. I, I feel like that the players, they need our help to know where to go. We, we should have uh, lined that up for them. Some, yeah, exactly. Some of the, the best uh, flying J's or, or pilots or uh, anything. Yeah. The only place you can buy a briefcase and a headset and a, you know, jumbo coffee all in the same place. I mentioned, you know, when, when it comes, there's one place in off of Farmersville, off of uh, 55, the Farmersville exit. It's a brand, it's a newer place. It's only a couple years old called a Jack Flash and they have all kinds of trinkets and little toys. I mean, if you have kids that you're in the car with and they need something to, if the, the tablet battery is starting to die, they have stuff to keep them occupied. That bathroom stop just became 45 minutes. Oh God. And $45. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, and it'll get you. It'll, uh, it'll get you. So what do you, I mean, say you're, you know, say you're back at, at behind the microphone on Saturday. How do you, judge what you're about to see on the field from from this team that's a that's a great question um I think at this point you know you you just are happy to see baseball you hope that you know during this time when the guys were quarantined that um you know there were there was some sort of activity going on even a week and a half ago or whenever it was you know before one of the other shutdowns one of the things John Mozalak said is, or actually it might have been Mike Schilt said, you know, you have to remember that these guys have largely been, you know, playing back in baseball mode since the beginning of the calendar year. So you count that time when they were in Jupiter in spring training. And then a lot of them, as we heard during the initial lockdown, were, were working out, were able to throw or swing or do whatever. Um, they had the summer camp. Obviously they started, they played five games. So, yes, it's been 17 days between actual Major League Baseball games, but 17 days from, you know, the start of the calendar year, it's relatively, it's a small amount of time. And so you hope that they can start building that back up. Now, I don't think anybody expects, you know, a pitcher to go out there and throw seven innings, maybe not even six innings. Um, You know, hitters timing is going to be off, things like that. But again, there's a lot of games to come right now. Um, and so I, I think that you just hope that it all sort of comes back as, as quick as it can. And yeah, that's the thing I, you know, going into spring training or going into those first five games, 
at least in spring training, you know, you show up in February, pretty much everybody else hasn't played a game since September, or October. When they showed up in July, everybody else had been shut down since March. Right now, the Cardinals are going into this weekend. They have played five games. The White Sox, this will be their 20th game of the season. They've been playing. Their, their season kept going, even though the, the Cardinals was stalled. So you're, you're in a situation where, I mean, one team is basically like a, you know, double-A rehab assignment. <laughs> no, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, and then, and then right after the White Sox, you face the Cubs, who are, you know, one of the hottest teams in Major League Baseball. So, it, it, you know, it's certainly not an easy task. And um, I don't think anybody is under the delusion that, you know, the Cardinals are just going to come out and start ripping off wins. Now, maybe they surprise us all and maybe they do. But I think right now you have to take this, you have to take an approach of, of you know, kind of a steady build back up because you also don't want anybody to get hurt. You know, I, I think that that's, it's, it's that situation where it's um, ripe for an injury. And like I said, you know, you're not going to see a, a pitcher go six or seven innings and you do have expanded rosters. So it's going to be a little easier than if you were trying to do this under a typical, you know, major league rules and with a typical major league roster. And that's not the case. So you're just, I mean, it, like everything else, you are hoping for the best. Yeah, and you, I mean, you do have uh, – it's weird that we have been waiting for this arrival of Dylan Carlson, uh, hopefully the savior to this offense and maybe that middle order of the bat for the next decade with this team. And he's actually being called up because he might be the most prepared, most well-practiced guy in the organization right now with the work that he's been getting in Springfield. That's going to be interesting, isn't it, to see – I mean, you're going to get a real good idea of how good they were at sort of simulating game action. Everybody always tells you, coaches tell you at whatever level, you, you can't simulate game speed in whatever sport. But, you know, I, I know that was the point of this Springfield camp and, and for every major league team for these alternate training sites is to best simulate game action. And they were going to you know, do live BP and, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to see how good they did, how good of a job they did, because we're going to see a lot of those players. And you're exactly right. We're going to see, you know, how prepared they are compared to the teams that have, you know, played 20 or 25 games already. Right. How, and as a major leaguer in the city of St. Louis, when you're told to practice on your own for four or five days and stay away from other players, I don't even know how that's possible. I mean, there's, there's buildings you can go into. There's there's practice facilities around town, but do you risk even doing that? Yeah, I know that that's a that's legit. I I would be I would be so worried about you know you're, you're you go to the I, I would be worried about going to the grocery store, right? I would I would be worried about any possible contagion or any possible place that I'm going to pick up this virus and start this whole thing over again. Um, and, and wreck any progress that had been made to that point. So you're right. I mean, if, and, and how many of these guys are living somewhere where there are, you know, they're not, they're not living probably a lot of them in, in places where they've got big backyards or something like that. You know, they're in condos or apartments or something that probably doesn't give you that opportunity to get out and swing or throw. So I don't know what they were doing. I'm, I hope they got creative. We saw Jack Flair and they were, hold up in Milwaukee, put the mattress up against the wall and throw against the mattress. And maybe that's what guys were doing. I don't know. 
Yeah, he told uh, he he did a uh, he did a video chat with Klaibs the other day, and he talked about that to where they they were like, "What are we supposed to do? Like, or can we play catch in the hallway?" And he said the team texted him and said, "Hey, we'll drop off some baseballs at your door." <laughs> and he said he opened his door and there's five baseballs just sitting there at the door, and he's like, "Okay, well, what do I do now?" And you know, he he said he's worried about the ball bouncing off the mattress and breaking the TV, and then he's out of TV. And you know, Jack's still on that rookie contract, and he makes that very well. Uh, he makes us well aware of that on social media. He doesn't want to pay for a TV. Exactly, exactly. Hopefully, if somebody had some sort of brainstorm idea, I hope they shared it. I, I'm certain they were in contact, you know, via phone or you know, when they're hooked up to play Fortnite or whatever they are doing, I am, I'm, I'm confident and hopefully that they were sharing their ideas of, of whatever they were doing to keep themselves in shape and keep themselves in baseball shape. It's yeah. They, the, uh, that's, I, I've talked about it with so many of the guests and uh, you know, even in media, I mean, we've seen that to stay relevant or to stay ahead of things, how creative we have to be during these past, I, I guess, five months now, and it's no different in, in baseball either. They, they had to figure out ways to, uh, ways to go about it. Yeah, it's, I mean, with everything, and you're exactly right, you, you have to get creative. You have to, you know, figure out doing the best you can with what you have. And, you know, we're all taught that in different segments of our life or our job or maximizing your resources. And, you know, I'd be, that'd, be, that'd be a real good story to tell and find out, you know, some of those good stories that come out of this quarantine and what are some of those best ideas that come out of them. And if any of them stick, right. you know, maybe somebody found some, some great training that, that they're going to, they're going to use going forward. Did you, uh, have you been down to Bush at all through any of this? I was there the first three games um, with the Pirates and it was, you know, we were doing pre and post from the station from Camelback. So just basically those middle innings, um, the Friday night, uh, opener, I, I actually was there. Uh, I didn't have pre and post. I just went down and sat in the press box and kind of got a load of it and, and uh, just wanted to see what it was like and experience. It was, it was very surreal. I was going to say, how, how weird was that? Because prior to that, I mean, the last game that you would have been to would have been one of the NLCS games against the Nationals. That's exactly, that's exactly right. So you're going from, yeah, this, this literal you know, stadium shaking and the energy and the, the crowd and everything to nothing. The, the fireworks when they hit home run are so loud when there's nobody in that stadium. That was one of the things that caught me off guard. It's things like that that you don't, you just don't think about. And, and even when it's not, you know, when, when there's not some sort of big action on the field, there's obviously just a constant buzz. There's the, the, you know, the constant chatter of a crowd. And, and obviously in St. Louis, that's more significant than it is in some other ballparks on a regular basis because the crowds are bigger on a regular basis. And it was just, it, it was very strange. And now I guess when they come back home the next time or even at these games this weekend, it's, there's going to be a different look at it with if you're not in the lineup, you're not in the dugout and we're going to see guys just spread. It's going to be so weird just to see guys spread all over the field. I mean, we saw it with the exhibition games where you saw the starting pitchers hanging out behind home plate and just kind of sitting a few rows from each other. But who was it? Was it um, Strasburg that just got kicked out got of the game? Tossed. Yeah. He got, he got tossed. He's yelling at the umpire from the, from the stands down the line. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, that's what you're going to see. I mean, you're going to have these pitchers just sitting wherever they want in a, in a baseball at, at Bush Stadium or this weekend, at, whether it's Comiskey or Wrigley or wherever. And they're, they're, it's, it's so weird to just see that now, and especially, as you, as you mentioned, from going from an NLCS atmosphere to this. Yeah, everything about it is it, – it just doesn't feel natural. And, and like I said, I think that, you know, for you and I, used to being at games at Bush um, where it's always busy, it's always even, – even a small crowd, you know, at Bush is a big crowd. It can, is a big crowd in a lot of spots in Major League Baseball. And, and there's always an energy. And even if it's not, you know, in the ballpark, it's walking to and from the ballpark and everything that's going on within ballpark village around the stadium. And there was a little bit of that during the opening weekend, but it wasn't anything like it would be when there is the crowd and there's, you know, 45,000 people that are down there for that game. And then, you know, there, there's not the traffic going on. There's not just that energy and that buzz. It's yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be weird to see how, how things change if, and when we hopefully get baseball back this uh this weekend a lot of double headers a lot of uh a lot of pre-game post-game and mid-game work for uh for you over these next uh, few weeks yeah it's gonna be interesting i i uh you know i haven't even gotten a look really at, at what some of the formats are going to be like and what we're going to do between games i've i've heard that it's going to be you know it's not going to be a ton of time between games it'll be a little probably less time than it is say during a normal normal double header um I worked those back-to-back doubleheaders last year. They played against the Reds late in the season. And, and we did, you know, we had time between games to do some programming. We did a regular post game. We did a little bit of a lead up and a pregame for the second game. I'm not sure there's going to be that time. I think they're going to try to get through it, you know, with, with a little bit of pace and as quickly as they can. I'm I'm very much looking forward to uh, to seeing how it's uh, how it's handled there in the field, and then hearing from guys like you on how it's uh, how it's covered. That part's been fat. Like seeing the views, like seeing what the broadcast booth looked like at the at the road games. Those two games where the Cardinals were in Minnesota, and you had Rick and John and Mike just in the in the radio booth with the TVs. I mean, just seeing that is just fascinating. How people have to adapt to the way we're we're calling games this season have to adapt and have to, you know, rely on, um, you know, all of those people that work behind the scenes and maybe don't get the, not glamour, but the credit, you know, sometimes. Um, I've, I've always tried to, to not take those uh, folks for granted. I've been there. You've been there. We, we've run a board at a, at a station. We, we've produced stuff. And, you know, you, you find out real quick how important the roles of those kind of people are to the jobs that now you and I do when we're on air and we're in front of the camera or behind the mic, whatever the case may be. Um, and now it, it's absolutely paramount. You're counting on all of those technicians, the, the sound guys, the camera guys, that is all that you have to work with. And um, from all accounts, from radio to TV guys, it, it's been, it's been great. It's been very easy for them to kind of adapt because of all of that technology and those folks that that kind of make those broadcasts work. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, best of luck to you this weekend. As I said, hopefully you have multiple games that you get to uh, that you get to call over the next few days. I saw the list of all the double headers that they've thrown out there, and hopefully you are very very busy for the next six weeks 
and I beyond. Saw non, I saw a non-Cardinal fan uh, tweet in reference to all of the double headers, and he said, yeah, that's punishment enough. Let's play football. I mean, he was talking about how that's, that's punishment for missing all those games. So yeah. I hope there's a lot of baseball to come between now and, and the end of September. Absolutely. That's Joe Pot, KMOX. You can hear him on pregame, postgame, and will now between double headers, uh, double, uh, double action there with KMOX. Joe, thank you so much. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it, man. That's Joe Pot from KMOX, pregame, postgame host there. Uh, the, uh, the mighty mocks, as, uh, as I said, I mean, hopefully we all get Cardinal baseball back this weekend and have something to watch, have something to cover as they have so many games to make up over the next six weeks as they will try to get as close as possible to 60 games, but definitely will fall, uh, fall short. Hey, uh, Kevin Miller is a sponsor here of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. And Kevin Miller of the Miller-Meyer team. Yeah, that's right, the Miller-Meyer team. As Kevin has brought in some uh, firepower in his 28-year fiance. I don't, I don't I don't know how long they've been engaged. I, I, I don't like asking him because then he just gets upset, and I don't like to bring that up with Kevin Miller of Caldwell Banker Gundaker, one of the greatest uh, realtors in the St. Louis area, and right now is a great time to put your house on the market. Right now is a great time to find that perfect house on the market because so many people are putting their houses out there. So many people are selling their homes that your dream home is probably being put on the market get with somebody like kevin miller and he will help get you into that dream home or he'll help you sell your home if you're looking to have you have that dream home or you're looking to build something like that kevin miller is your guy 314-503-4999 314-503-4999 kevin miller with caldwell banker gundaker we will take a break when we come back crack slippers and we'll send you home right here on weekend joe driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClavesOnline.com. Maybe you've been thinking about doing some home improvements. Well, the timing has never been better to do those projects. Let's drop your rate and get you the cash you need to make those improvements today. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. The Home Loan Expert LLC, NMLS number 132641. Final segment here of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. Hey, that's where the Cardinals should have rented their 41 cars to drive up to Chicago this weekend at Munganass Alton Toyota. They have rental cars. They will rent you a car right off the lot cheaper than you will get at a car rental facility. I'm Joe Roderick. He's Andy Hanselman. As we uh, we wind down the show today, Andy, three great interviews. Hopefully, you uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed what they uh, what they just heard over the uh, the last hour or so of uh, of me chatting with uh, with folks. And Andy, we are uh, it's going to be a shorter than usual. Crack slippers, if you would do the honors. Joe, some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news. We picked those stories up here on Weekend Joe. These are the crack slippers with Joe Roderick on Klabes Online. Andy, this is a story that I wanted to get to last week, and I, uh, I apologize for not doing so. Uh, I have two quick crack slippers. No, uh, no, you know, last week it was Olympic-themed. Uh, this week, just two, two stories, I guess, uh, football and football related. Okay. And one of these in honor of the fact that we have St. Louis City FC here in town. Andy, 
as you know, I'm hashtag soccer fan Joe. Yes. And I, I know all the rules now to soccer. I am I am fully versed in you know everything that can happen in the uh, in the sport of soccer. But Andy, get this. A player could be given a red card if they deliberately cough at an opponent or oh, a referee. Don't cough on people. Yeah. The rules dictate that a situation where a clear act of coughing towards someone occurs, the player in question should be disciplined with a red card. Which Andy, a, a red card removes them from the game. Is that an old rule? That's a new rule. Oh, it's a new rule. New rule. That's right. Yeah, deliberately well, coughing. If you cough or spit on somebody, you're a you're a shitty human being anyway. So you should probably just be removed from the game anyway. Right, but I, I and I believe you know. Well, spitting is one thing, but now coughing, yeah. No, you shouldn't spit on people either, Joe. Even in the even in the heat of competition, you don't. You I know. Don't, I'm saying like that's really wrong. That's the worst thing you could do is spit on somebody. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. Like coughing, yeah, deliberately coughing. It's being treated as seriously as punching somebody. Wow. Yeah. Right? The referee should take action using Law 12, using offensive, insulting, or abusive language or gestures. Yeah. Red card yeah. for you. Out. Right. And also, I believe if you get a red card, you also can't be replaced on the field either. Uh, no, you cannot. No, they have to play with 10 people. Prior to the suspension of football uh, because of the pandemic, Atletico Madrid striker Diego Costa was seen deliberately coughing at members of the media as a prank following the Spanish side's Champion League triumph over Liverpool. We also saw, who was the moron there from the Utah Jazz? Rudy Gobert. Yes. He, like, breathed or coughed on all the microphones. Then the dumbass ended up having COVID-19 right. and giving it to Donovan Mitchell, and Donovan Mitchell's pissed off about it. Well, yeah, you should be. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so you could get, again... And so, Andy, I guess these do have a theme because these two crack slippers are punishments that you would not have suffered prior to a global pandemic. Okay. Because, Andy, the Seattle Seahawks recently cut a rookie by the name of Kama Siverand. He was caught on camera trying to bring a lady friend into their hotel. Ooh. Yeah, that's not really good either. Yeah, he was an undrafted free agent out of Oklahoma State. The uh, He was caught on video trying to sneak a female visitor into the team hotel. He had her wear Seahawks gear in an attempt to disguise her as a player. <laughs> now, Andy, my question is, if he was trying to disguise her as a player, is this woman more like a kicker or more like an offensive lineman? I'm, I'm going to guess more like a kicker. You would, I mean, you would think, right? You would think. Right. Yeah. So room visits were, are only permitted by members of the traveling party. She oh. was not a member. No, not a member. Traveling party. So now, so now you can't play on the taxi squad. Sorry, pal. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, that is, which is, uh, yeah. See, uh, Pete Carroll declined to comment on it when he was on a sports radio show in in uh, Seattle. Andy, the name of the sports radio show in Seattle is Softy and Dick. Huh. How about that? 
I, I'm not going to look up who's on that show or what that show's about. I'm just telling you there is a sports radio show in this country named Softy and Dick. I'm surprised Pete Carroll went on that show. Well, maybe there's a show of record up there in Seattle. Maybe. Yeah. So, uh, I guess uh, Kamas Sivarand has a lot of time now to sneak women in wherever he wants to. Uh, yeah, he I can, guess he can do all he wants now. He does not break any rules anymore. He he really doesn't. That was his one chance to play in the NBA, and he uh yeah he he let it uh, let it pass. I guess. Yep. Huh. All right, Andrew. Well, that's gonna do it for us. Are you golfing anywhere this weekend? Yeah, playing at Gateway tomorrow. Playing at Far Oaks on Sunday. Nice. Uh, this time next week, we will be talking about the uh, uh, about your uh, your fan page uh, final four, right? That's correct. Well, we hope we hope, Joe. We don't we don't we don't want to jinx anything. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm telling you, we'll be talking about it. So, oh, yeah, we will uh, we'll yep. we'll talk about it then. But Andy, you have a, a great weekend. Let me know how you shoot them, and hopefully, we have some Cardinal baseball to talk about next week. Yep. Hope so too, bud. That is Andy Hanselman. I am Joe Roderick. This has been Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, right here on ClabesOnline.com. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. With St. Louis Acura's new Buy Online feature, picking and purchasing a vehicle from the comfort of your home or office has never been easier. And as we've seen from the latest challenges, having the freedom of your own vehicle makes more sense than ever. With low monthly lease payments on new Acuras and pre-owned inventory starting below $10,000, we offer affordable alternatives all covered by the St. Louis Acura promise that we support and service what we sell. St. Louis Acura is committed to becoming better than ever for you.